The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning and welcome to Coastal. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, Whether you are here in person or you are watching online, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Or if you're joining us uh, tonight uh, at 6 p.m. online, uh, thanks for tuning in. We're glad that you're here today uh, on this holiday weekend. Uh, it's hard to believe that it's already July, isn't it? That's just crazy. A lot of great things happening uh, the month of July here at Coastal. Ryan mentioned probably the biggest one, and that is Vacation Bible School. It's actually a week, starts a week from tomorrow. And uh, Janet told me, I think we already have over uh, like 165-something-plus kids uh, pre-registered for VBS, but our registration team is uh, just begging you to please go ahead and pre-register because it really helps things go a lot smoother uh, when VBS gets started. And again, it's all hands on deck. We're going to have a great, great week, Uh, not this week, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow. But our registration closes, pre-registration closes this coming Friday night uh, at 6 o'clock, I believe. We'll still have daily on-site registration available, but pre-registration will close this Friday night. A lot of great things happening as we plan for the fall, and I want to mention uh, just a couple of those really quick because they're not in your bulletin, uh, they're not on your Connect card, but I need some help. Uh, we are right now in the planning stages for uh, the new semester uh, here at Coastal Community Church of Life Groups, and this semester is going to be one of those just turning points uh, in the life of our church. We're going to be doing a church-wide spiritual growth campaign campaign together where all of our groups uh, are going to be studying the same thing together. It's going to be just a a great time of growth for our church, and we're looking for people to lead or facilitate uh, our life groups. They're going to be meeting in homes starting in September. And so if you are interested in doing that, if you've ever led a group in the past, we need you leading one this semester. And so on the back of your Connect card where it says prayer request, if you would just write down uh, life group leader or host, letting letting me know that you are interested in uh, beginning the process to get prepared for leading a group in the, in the fall. And uh, also, uh, and I sent an email out, out about this, we're actually putting together a coloring book uh, for our kids for this spiritual growth campaign called Daring Faith. And uh, so if you're interested in being an artist for one of the pages in our coloring book, let me know about that too as well. We'll send you an email out this week. So put that on the back as well, just coloring book or life group leaders. Now, today we are wrapping up this series that we've been in uh, called At the Movies, and I hope you've enjoyed this series as much as we have. It is definitely uh, a a summer tradition, one of the best series that we do throughout the year. Uh, Most importantly, I hope that you still continue to look for ways to engage the culture. Uh, and to use something as silly as a movie or music and uh, point people to Jesus and to the truth of God's Word. That's what this series has been all about, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Now, how many of you have seen this movie, uh, Spider-Man? I doubt many of you have seen it. Some of you. It literally just came out this past week. Uh, Janet and I went to go see it this past week, and I would say that it is a great addition to the Marvel movie machine. Uh, definitely worth seeing. Even Janet said it wasn't terrible, okay? And because of Janet's great, great love for me, and because I told her we were watching it for Jesus, um, she, she broke her lifelong rule for movie watching, 
Okay, this is Janet's lifelong rule for movie watching. No aliens, dinosaurs, monsters, or superheroes, okay? That's her rule. But I will tell you this. She was, I mean, like giddy as a schoolgirl. She was excited. I mean, so excited that she saw a movie poster for the new Downton Abbey movie coming out. Which, by the way, breaks my lifelong rule for movie watching. I will not see crap. So anyway, uh, okay. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. You know, don't send me an email. Anyway, um, I'll go see it with her. I already told her I would. She doesn't want to take me, though. I don't know. Anyway, but uh, back to Spider-Man. In this new movie, Peter Parker is struggling with something that at one time or another, I believe, affects all of us. And it's really what I want us to talk about today. Um, He felt inadequate. He felt inadequate. Uh, With Iron Man now gone, and my apologies to Jake Spell and the other four of you, who have not yet seen the Avengers Endgame movie, okay? I just realized that earlier this morning. Anyway, everybody, though, is now expecting Peter, Spider-Man, to fill uh, Tony Stark's shoes and, uh, and save the day. Now, here's Peter. He just wants to be a teenager and have a girlfriend. And uh, without bearing the weight of everybody's expectations. And uh, he feels overwhelmed, and he feels, again, quite inadequate. Now, I think we can all relate to that. How many of you have ever said something like this? I'm not good enough. You know, no matter how hard I try, I feel inadequate. Um, I'm never going to be a good enough husband. Never going to be a good enough wife. I'm not a good enough parent, mom or dad. You know, my best is just not good enough. In fact, how many kids, you know, desperate to please an unpleasable parent, have cried out, no matter how much effort I put into this, You know, no matter how hard I try, I just don't feel like I'll ever be good enough. Well, believe it or not, other than Peter Parker, uh, Spider-Man, there was somebody in the Bible that you would never, ever expect who felt the exact same way. His name was Moses. In fact, in Exodus chapter 4, God himself calls Moses to set his people free from bondage. Now, I want you to listen How Moses, whom we think, you know, this great, great leader, great man of God, great man of faith, how he responds. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of tongue, I am slow of speech and tongue. Basically, what Moses was saying is, God, don't do this. You know, don't put me in front of other people. You know, I get nervous. You know, I'm not a great gifted speaker. You know, of all the other people out there, surely there are dozens that are more qualified than I am. I'm not good enough. I'm inadequate. Now, I believe that one of the reasons why we believe this lie, actually two reasons why we believe this lie, this, that, that we base our self-worth, our self-esteem on two false assumptions, okay? Two false things. Number one, what other people say about us. Okay, what other people have said. You know, some of you grew up in a home where you heard quite regularly, you're stupid. You know, you're no good. I mean, you heard stuff like that on a regular basis, and over time, you came to believe it. You know, things like, I wish you were like your brother. You know, I wish you were as good as your sister. Um, I wish I never had you. And you heard things like that so often, you started thinking, 
you know, you started believing that lie. You know what? Maybe it's true. Maybe I'm not adequate. Maybe I'm not good enough. And another reason we believe this lie of inadequacy is that we base our self-worth on our past experiences. And many times our past failures, our past mistakes, something that happened in the past. For some of you, for example, you know, maybe you grew up in a very, very dysfunctional family. I mean, you guys put the fun in dysfunctional, okay? It was just, you know, a crazy, crazy family. And so now today you think, you know what, I'll, I'll never amount to anything. Or in school, you know, uh, you, weren't, you weren't really good. You know, you struggled. You had a lot of difficulty. And so now today you kind of think, well, you know, I made average grades. You know, I barely, you know, got through, so I'm just average. I'll never, you know, amount to anything. Or maybe you're here today and you had the dream of a great marriage, and as much as you wanted one, uh, one day you end up divorced. And so now you kind of feel like you, you go through life with this you know, great big D, this big letter D on your forehead that says, hey, I'm a failure. I, you know, I couldn't hold my, my marriage together. And so therefore, you know, I'll never have a great marriage. You know, one of the great tragedies today also is the, the thousands and thousands of people who've been abused or molested. And, and what's so sad is that these innocent victims often believe that they did something wrong. You know, well, if I hadn't, you know, done something, this, this wouldn't have happened. You know, I, I must, I deserved it. You know, I'm full of shame and guilt and, and, and I'm just not worthy. I'm not worthy to be loved. And so they falsely based their self-worth, their, their sense of who they are, their inadequacy on their past. Well, Moses evidently battled this. And in verses 11 through 13, what's interesting is that God speaks truth to Moses. But his own sense of inadequacy is so large that it speaks even louder. So, so listen to this exchange. Verse 11, the Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth, who makes him deaf or mute, who gives him sight or makes him blind. Is it not I, the Lord? Then God says, now go, and I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Now, you would almost think that, you know, as a result of this, that Moses would say, wow, you know, that settles it. Man, God is in on this thing. I mean, God's going to come through, God's going to deliver, you know, I got nothing to worry about. But listen to what Moses says, verse 13. But Moses said, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. You know, I mean, can you read between the lines here? You know, he's basically saying, God, God, you don't get it. I'm not good enough. And because I think we have wrongly believed this lie of inadequacy, you know, this, this low sense of self-worth and self-esteem, that it's led to some, some dangerous conclusions about life. You know, well, since I am inadequate, since I'm not good enough, well, I really can't make much of a difference in this world. I mean, why even try? I fail at everything I do. I'm not good looking. I'm not talented. I'm inadequate in every way. So why bother? I think God brought you here today to hear something loud 
and clear. Listen to this. You are not who others say you are. You are not the sum total of your past experiences, your past failures, your past difficulties. Here is the truth I think you needed to hear today. You are who God says you are. You are who God says you are. And when you come to Christ, listen to this. Your old nature dies. It is gone. You receive a new heart, a new spirit. The Bible says that you have been born again. You are a new person, a new creation. But just because, listen to this, just because you are new spiritually, it doesn't necessarily mean that those old memories are just going to go away automatically. You see, we are often still haunted by those negative tapes that continue to play in our mind. Those negative whispers that, that Satan just you know, sticks in our head. And then we start saying those things and repeating those things to ourselves. That's why we got to capture those lies and let the truth of God's Word renew our minds so that we will begin to start to believe what God says about us. And then, when we believe what God says about us, then we can do and accomplish what God calls us to do. Now, so what does God say about you? Now, we could talk about this forever. But today, I just want to give you three. Three simple, life-changing thoughts about who you are, about what God says about you. So the first one is this, if you're taking notes. God says, I am called by Christ. I am called by Christ. 1 Peter 5.10, in his kindness, God did what? Say it out loud with me. God called you. In his kindness, God called you to his eternal glory by means of who? What's it say? Who? Jesus Christ. You are called by Jesus Christ. Now, have you ever gotten a, a personal phone call from somebody famous? Anybody ever? What about during the election season? You know, you see the, uh, you know, your phone, the caller ID is like, what? You know, Donald Trump is calling me today, or Hillary Clinton, or, you know, Bernie Sanders is calling me, you know? And uh, uh, listen really closely. The Son of the living God, Jesus Christ himself, the anointed one, the Savior of the world, he's calling you. So stop listening to that little voice in your mind that you keep replaying saying, you know what, I'm not good enough. You are so incredibly special, so incredibly awesome that Jesus has you on his mind. You are worthy of his love. He cares for you. His heart beats for you. He came for you, and he is calling you. It's as though your spiritual cell phone is ringing right now. Now, and what does he want to tell you? What does he want to say to you? 1 Peter 2.9, listen to this. But you are not like that, for you are a what? What does he start off saying? You are a chosen people. You are a kingdom of priests, God's holy nation, his very own possession. Now, why? Why is this? 
This is so you can show others the goodness of God. For he what? He called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Don't ever say you're not good enough. Jesus has called you. Now, would you agree that people do the stupidest things to be accepted? Crazy things. Remember when you were a kid, maybe a teenager, and you so badly wanted to be accepted that if somebody ever said to you, I dare you to do whatever, whatever it was, even if it was downright stupid or dangerous you know, to yourself or others, because of your desire to be accepted, because that desire was greater than your desire for personal safety or shame, you know, you did that thing. We, we love this feeling, the feeling of, hey, I'm okay, I'm accepted, somebody has chosen me, somebody has accepted me. We love that feeling so much. Remember uh, playing sports as a kid and dividing up into teams? Usually, you know, back in the day, there would be like the two best players, right, would be the captains, and they would choose up sides. And while that process is going on, you would be, you know, kind of sizing up the two teams, and, and you, at some point you would go, I hope I get chosen by that team, because they're the winning team, right? The winners are on that team. And then if you got chosen by that captain and, and that team, remember how great you know, it felt to be chosen by the better team? Or on the other hand, remember how terrible you felt if it got down to like the last two or three people and you still weren't chosen? You know, how terrible you felt? You know, we love that feeling of being chosen. You know, one of the happiest days of my life was when my wife chose me and said yes to my proposal of marriage. You know, the, the truth is, I don't care what anybody else thinks of me. My wife said yes. You know, when, when you are chosen, man, that does tremendous things for your self-worth. So the first thing Peter says is, you're a chosen people. You've been chosen by God. You've been called. You know, that, that, ought to, that ought to raise your self-esteem. Jesus has accepted you. And by the way, there's no conditions listed here. You know, it's not based on you and your performance. You can't deserve it. God simply says, I choose you. Listen to this verse, Psalm 27.10. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Now, the fact is, very sadly, some of you had unpleasable parents, or worse. And uh, no matter what you did, it wasn't good enough. And you tried it, but you could never get their acceptance. And the great tragedy is that some of you, even today, are still trying to prove yourself, you know, to your mom or your dad, even if they're gone, by the way. You're still trying to earn their acceptance. In, in, in love, I want, you to, I want to say two things to you today, okay? First of all, in all likelihood, you're not going to get it. I mean, if, if they haven't given it to you by now, you're probably not going to get their approval. But you know what? That's their problem. That's their problem. They'll be held accountable for that. That's not your problem. Secondly, and I know this is hard to hear, you truthfully don't need it to be happy. 
Ultimately, you don't. I mean, I wish it weren't so, but the reality is there are nearly 8 billion people on the planet Earth. And if those two people don't like you, it's okay. And I know it's okay because of this. You have been accepted by God. Your perfect heavenly Father. Let me ask you a question. How much do you think you're worth? Now, I'm not talking about your net worth, okay? I'm talking about your self-worth. Now, obviously, don't ever confuse your, your valuables, your stuff, with your value. But what determines value? Okay, basically, there are two things that determine value in life. One, it depends on what somebody is willing to pay for something. How much is your house worth? Right? You ask any you know, decent real estate agent, they'll tell you that your house is worth exactly what somebody is what? Willing to pay for it. No more, no less. Okay, Which leads us to the second factor that many times determines value. Number two, it depends on who's owned it in the past. Who's owned it in the past? In other words, sometimes you know, somebody who has owned something makes it valuable. For example... How much do you think we could get for a pair of shoes worn by Pastor Chris? I don't know, buck 85? I don't know why. I don't, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, now, not, not much, obviously. But how much would these shoes be worth if they had legitimately been worn by Michael Jordan? Okay? Now, Michael Jordan actually holds the record for the most expensive game-worn shoes ever auctioned off. A pair of shoes that he wore in the gold medal games of the 1984 Summer Olympics sold on auction for $190,000. Now, based on those two factors, what's your value? What's your value? Who owns me and what was paid for me? You see, you have been bought and paid for by Jesus Christ. Jesus paid for you with his very life. And now, 1 Peter says, you are his very own possession. It's as though God exchanged his son for you. The cross, the cross of Jesus Christ proves your value. Jesus said, I love you this much, and then he gave his life for you. And Jesus doesn't die for junk. You are valuable, so valuable that God performed this exchange. Imagine your worth. I mean, if that doesn't send your, your self-worth skyrocketing, I don't know what will. You have been called. You are acceptable. You are valuable. You are bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. It really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you or what anybody else says about you. God loves you and he says you're valuable. Number two, I am capable. I am capable through Christ. I am capable. Philippians 4.13, I can do everything the Bible says. How? Through him, through Jesus, through Christ who gives me strength. You are capable through Christ. In fact, in Romans 8.37, it says this. No, in all these things, we are more than what? We are more than conquerors. How? Through him 
through Christ who loved us. You know, one of the greatest goals of your spiritual enemy is to talk you out of all that God has for you. You know, some of you are allowing him to do that. You're not good enough. You know, your best is not going to get it done. Why even, why even bother trying? You know, you know, who do you think you are to put yourself out there? Throw in the towel. You don't have what it takes. You are average. You are simply not good enough. Listen, that is a lie straight from Satan. You are good enough. You are capable. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. Go back to 1 Peter you know, 2 9. Not only does he say you're a chosen people, he also says, by the way, that you're a kingdom of priests. God says you're a priest. Now, I realize, depending on your background, that's a little weird or a little strange you know, to hear. But Peter is really saying that the two benefits that priests have, they are now available to all of us, to everyone who's a believer. So in the Old Testament, priests basically did two things, okay? First of all, uh, they're the ones who could go directly to God. Everybody else had to go through a priest. The priest went one-on-one with God. Secondly, the priest also had the responsibility and the privilege of representing God and God's message and his plan to all the people. Now, those are the same two things, listen to this, that are true of you. When you become a believer, you now can go directly to God. You have direct access. You don't have to pray through anybody else. You don't pray through me. You don't pray through a priest. You don't confess through anybody else. God says you have got a direct line now. You have direct access. You are a kingdom of priests. You have just as much right to go before God as I do or anybody else does. And secondly, God says that you and I now have this great privilege and this great responsibility of representing God and his message to all the people. In other words, God says, guess what? You've got a mission. Now, go back to that passage in 1 Peter. Look at it. You are a chosen people, a kingdom of priests, God's holy nation, his very own possession. Why? This is so you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. In fact, the word priest in Latin typically uh, is also used for the word bridge. Uh, A priest, in other words, is like a bridge builder between God and man. And God's saying, that's you now. You and I get to show others the wonderful goodness of God. Man, you know, once you understand that because of Jesus Christ, you have complete access to God, and he has a mission for you, Man, your your self-esteem ought to skyrocket. I mean, you think, man, this is why I'm here on earth. I do matter. I am adequate. I am capable. And number three, never forget, I am complete. I am complete in Jesus Christ. In Christ, you are absolutely complete. 2 Peter 1.3 says that his, God's, divine power has given us Say this with me. Given us what? Everything we need. Everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who what? There's that word again. Called us by his own glory and goodness. In Christ, listen to this. Do you realize you have everything that you need? You're complete. You're not lacking anything. 
Speaking of movies, you know, we're in this series, At the Movies. Anybody remember the old movie, uh, Jerry Maguire? Remember that movie? Uh, there's several lines in that movie that have made it into, you know, AFI's uh, top 100, you know, list of, uh, you know, great movie lines. Uh, one line, of course, was, show me the what? Show me the money. You remember that one, right? Now, the ladies in the room might remember this one. There's another line. It's toward the end of the movie. Okay, get, get that in your head. Tom Cruise, remember, he comes into the room of all these, lady, uh, all these women who hate men. I mean, they're having like a hate man session, remember? And he kind of comes in there, and uh, he gives his girl uh, the speech. Remember the speech? And at the end of the speech, he drops the line. Now, help me out here. I mean, it's almost like just him and her in the room, even though they're you know, surrounded by all these other ladies. He looks at her, and he says, you, remember, complete me. Okay, you remember that. And all the girls, you know, who hated him earlier, they're all like crying and they're in love now. And of course, she comes back with the other line, you had me at hello. Okay, listen to me. That's about the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That's why I'm not going to see Downton Abbey. Anyway, um, but let, let, me, let, me share, let me share some truth with you, okay? Let me drop a truth bomb on you, okay? People don't complete you, okay? Jesus does. Jesus is your number one. That's what some of the problems uh, are in some of your relationships. You're looking for someone else to be your number one. Jesus is your number one. Your spouse is your number two. People don't complete you. Jesus does. And by the way, things, stuff, you know, they'll never complete you. You know, they'll never fulfill you. Well, you know, I got to have this, whatever that is, to be happy, to be fulfilled. I got to have more money, got to have a nicer house, got to have a nicer car, got to have a boat, got to go on this vacation, whatever, whatever, whatever. No. None of that ultimately, money, things, people are never going to fulfill you or complete you. Jesus does. Let me ask you, what are you missing? You think about that for a second. What am I missing in life? You can find it in Jesus. I mean, you need peace in Jesus. You have a peace that the world never understands. Assurance, the Bible says he is our assurance. Strength, his strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. Blessings, the blessings of, of God are eternal, and they far outweigh anything this world can offer. Comfort, the Bible says a comfort like a perfect mother comforts her child. All of that and more is found in Jesus you know, whenever you see the word complete, by the way, in the New Testament, typically it comes from a Greek word that, that's referring to a ship. And what it means is that that ship is complete. It is fully equipped, fully manned to reach its destination. It has everything that it needs to get from point A to point B. So think about it that way. In other words, Jesus in Christ gives you everything everything that you need. You are fully equipped so that he can get you to where he wants you to go. You are complete in Christ. So when Satan whispers in your ear and then you hear it and you repeat it, you're not good enough. I'll never measure up. Why am I trying? I am completely inadequate. Listen to me. You can capture those thoughts and make them obedient to Jesus Christ and his word. You can say, Satan, get behind me. 
Because God says, I am called by Jesus Christ. That's how special I am, that he would come and die for me. I am capable in Christ. Whatever he calls me to do, I can accomplish. Not by my power or my strength, but in his. I am complete in Jesus Christ. I lack no good thing. Everything I need is found in Jesus. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. Listen to the truth of this word. For in who? who does it, what does it say? For in Christ, the fullness of God lives in human body, and you are what? What's the word? You are complete through your union with Christ. Listen, your old life is dead. If you're a believer, and by the way, listen, that's what you need. You know, to come to Christ, you know, to come to faith in God, you know, it's not about, you know, becoming a better person. It's not, the church is not a self-improvement plan. No, your old man is dead. It has been crucified. You have been born again in Jesus Christ. You are a new creation. You have a new heart. You have a new spirit. You are a brand new person. Let your mind be renewed with the truth of God's word. Those of you that still deal with those negative tapes from the past, listen to me. It's time to erase them. It's time to throw them away. Don't listen to them anymore. Don't repeat them. You are not, you are not who others say you are. You are not the sum total of your past, your past failures or mistakes. You are who God says you are, and God says that in Jesus Christ, you are called, you are capable, and you are complete. Now, for those of you who have not yet placed your faith in Christ, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Listen, that's what this is all about. This is not about, again, trying to be a better person and, you know, self-improvement, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and just be the best version of you that you can be. Let me tell you something. The very best version of you is not going to cut it. Because the standard is not me, it's not you, it's not your neighbor, it's not Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, or the Pope. It's God. The holiness of God. And the best version of you and me always falls sh short if that's the standard. What you need is a new life. What you need is to be born again. And it only happens when we place our faith in Christ. And you can do that today. I want to step you through that and I want to speak some truth over those of you who have already made that decision. But you've been playing those tapes. You've been listening to that, your own self-talk that comes straight from Satan himself. I want you to be set free today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for the truth of who we are in Jesus Christ. And God, I, I believe as week in and week out, you draw people here who need to hear the truth of your word, who need to receive your love and your grace. That's how we're saved. We're saved by grace through faith. 
And listen, if you are ready to come home, if you are ready to be made complete and, and capable and, and just you know, fully uh, good, not based on who you are, but on the goodness of Jesus, you can have all of that today. You can be forgiven of your past. You can be made brand new right here and right now. Just pour out your heart to a loving Father who's waiting to receive you, who's waiting. If you'll just take this one step of faith, as we talked about last week, He is ready to embrace you. He is ready to run to you. Dear Heavenly Father, I have blown it. I've made a mess of things. I've done things I'm ashamed of. I've, I've tried to earn people's approval. I feel so inadequate, God. Today, I turn my back on all of that. And I turn in faith to you. I do believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that you are willing to exchange his life, his goodness, for my sinfulness. My sin put Jesus on that cross. And today, I ask him, to forgive me of my sin. I believe that not only did he go to the cross for me, but he proved his power over sin and death. He proved that he was worthy to do all of that and more by rising from the dead. And I believe it. As much as I know how, as much as I understand, I put my faith and trust in him and what he did for me. And I ask him to be my Lord and my Savior. And for the rest of my days, God, I simply want to follow Him. I believe that I have been called, I am capable, and I am complete in Jesus Christ. Now, for those of you who have already prayed that prayer of faith, with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you a question. If you have ever struggled with this lie that you are not good enough, that you are inadequate in some way, shape, or form, would you just raise your hand right now? Nobody's watching. Just raise your hand. Just lift your hand. If you've ever struggled with a feeling of inadequacy, would you just say this in your, in your heart right now? God, I pray in this holy moment that your truth would renew my heart and mind. Help me to live your truth. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to speak truth over you. Those of you who are followers of Jesus, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There is now, therefore, no, no condemnation for those of you who are in Christ Jesus. You are more than conquerors through Jesus who gives you strength. God, in fact, is working all things in your life to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You're not a victim. You are not a victim. You are a victor in Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And because of his goodness, you are a blessing coming in. You are a blessing going out. Your sin will not be held against you. You are a brand new creation. Inside of you lives the very same spirit of Jesus Christ that raised him from the dead. You have access to the very throne room of God. In fact, 
Jesus right now is sitting at the right hand of God the Father and he is interceding for you. He is praying for you at this very moment. He is calling you. He is empowering you. You are capable through Jesus Christ. You are complete. Everything that you need is available through Jesus. Believe it. Believe that truth. Believe who God says you are. Now that you believe it, live it. Live it. We pray these things today in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.